official Adam Sank Show merchandise at adamsank.com. T-shirts, tank tops, mugs, masks, just about everything you can think of emblazoned with the Adam Sank Show logo. Go to adamsank.com to order your merch today. Thank you. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. This is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Hello, hello, hooray, and howdy-do. Welcome to the house. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you are listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, March 13th, we're at the uh, we're almost at the Ides of March, and I never know what that means. Uh, at dnrstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen elsewhere, leave us your ratings and reviews. It's been uh, several months since I last got a review on iTunes. And I'm bitter. So take 30 fucking seconds if, if you listen to the show on iTunes and write a review, for God's sake. Email me at adam at Like the Facebook page. Download the comedy albums. Get your ass merch, T-shirts, tank tops, even a sounding rod. The link to all of that is adamsank.com. And remember, you can now call the ass hotline anytime you want. The number is 804-TALK-ASS. Our guest today is one of my favorite people in the world, and that is not hyperbole, the great comedian, TV host, radio host, John Fugelsang. You can hear him on Sirius XM five nights a week. He will be talking to us about the ongoing culture wars that have really been heating up in the past week, and we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But first, I have to introduce my co-host, the, the Prince of Pigs, everyone's favorite, uh, 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 what are you, Ryan? I don't even know. Everyone's favorite child. Ryan Frost. Child. <laughs> I'm a child. Great. Oink, oink. Here I am. You're a baby pig. It's me. I mean, I'm can we frosting. really call her a child? Of the both of us, she's in a stable relationship. She has a thing. She's I a housewife. A, I am a, I am a fully grown adult. Yeah. I have grown. <laughs> you really have grown up before my very eyes. Yes. Yeah. When, when the store dropped me way. off on your, on your, on your stoop, you Adam. Were you were barely house trained. <laughs> barely. And now it is true. You have a, you have a serious stable relationship. You're moving in with your boyfriend. You have a dog. You have yeah. a, you have a corporate job. Yeah. You were a fucking like you were a front desk clerk. Who am I? Who used to sleep with with the hotel Everyone. guests during your shift? Yep. Yes, Queen. Yes. She was a filthy those were whore. Good times. You were a houseboy on Fire Island. Yeah, I've had some some good memories. A book will come will come one of yeah. these days. And now you're Tell a housewife. All. And now I'm a fucking housewife. All, all I, I am is just a housewife. Just a housewife. Nothing great. Or something. Yeah. That's from working at a, a much loved and underappreciated Broadway musical. Yes, we saw a, a, a production of that. That was during World Pride. That was at the at City yeah. Center. Yeah. It was a concert version. Anyway, welcome to you. Welcome Thank to you. Uh, JB. Thank we were just you. discussing JB's hair. Uh, yes, we were. Oh, my God. I have hair options. my hair. Oh. You're talking about how much you missed that weave. I, yeah, I do, I do miss a weave, y'all. So, <laughs> hey, you ladies out there who look to make some extra coin, <laughs> help a girl put in some weave or some extensions. We'll be a starting call. a GoFundMe for JB's weave. <laughs> yes. Do I don't think you need a weave. You have a lot of hair. I know, but okay. So there's, uh, there's this. I don't know if you guys see my story recently on Instagram, but there was, there's this beautiful gay girl. She, she, she also has beautiful hair like mine, but she gets weave and she looks gorgeous with her weave. And it's like, it's just the feeling of wanting long, luscious hair. Like, yes. I don't, I don't want to perm my hair just to have long, luscious. I like my fur. I do love my fur. I just want to change it up a bit every I get week. It. And, you know, I sometimes have dreams that I have really long hair. Oh my yes. <laughs> and when I wake up, I'm like, oh. That'll never happen. The mullet <laughs> is making a comeback, and it is so scary. I had one I'm in high sure school. I had did. a mullet and a rat tail. I'm sure you did. I, I used to play with it all day long. I was constantly braiding my little rat tail. Gross. Anywho, um, today I want to start the show, and there's a reason for this, by asking uh, both of you if you had a favorite Dr. Seuss book growing up, and were you even raised on Dr. Seuss as my yes. generation <laughs> <Yes>. was? <laughs> Absolutely. And then I would go on to be obsessed with... Susical the musical, which course. I hate. Um, Jen Cody, hello. I love Jen Cody, OBC. but I hate that musical. Um, but yeah, um, there are so many. Um, oh, the places you'll go, the Lorax, um, Horton hears a who. Um, yeah, 
uh, uh, um, um, Cat in the Hat, The Grinch. So basically all of them. All of them, yeah. JB? Okay, um, I forgot the question. What was your favorite Dr. Seuss oh, book? My, okay, my favorite Dr. Question was, uh, my favorite Dr. Seuss book was Hop on Pop, uh, One Fish, Two Fish, Blue Fish. These yes. were like the beginner reader books. <laughs> yes. They didn't even they, have plots, bitch. No, it was just so funny. You didn't need a plot. You didn't need a plot. I was uh, – so, I also want to hop on pop. Yes, well, hop on pop is my favorite gay porn. But um, the reason I brought this up is because, you know, there's this huge Dr. Seuss controversy going on, which we'll get into. But um, I was coming up with with Dr. Seuss titles for Fox News viewers, Mm. since they're the ones who are so outraged Mm -hmm. by this story. And one of my uh, one of my Facebook friends said, "White fish, white fish, white fish, white fish," would be the with the Fox News version. Of one fish, two fish, red fish, white fish, white fish, white fish, white fish. <laughs> anyway, my favorite um, always was something called the birthday. No, it was called Happy Birthday to to you, mm. or Happy Birthday to me. I think we just knew it as the birthday book. It has a giant bird on the cover, mm-hmm. and it's all of the things that you're going to do on your birthday. You're going to go on this magical fantasy trip with this giant bird that's going to like transport you and and it was the artwork is so beautiful and and lush and i just remember in first grade reading it over and over and over again and just loving it but anyhow all of this has um we're discussing because this past week or actually two weeks ago by the time this airs the dr seuss estate uh announced it was going to stop publishing six of his books including, and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, which was the first child, uh, children's book he ever got published, because of racist and insensitive imagery in those books. Dr. Seuss Enterprises told the Associated Press, these books portray people in a way that, oh, sorry, these books portray people in ways that are hurtful and wrong. They announced this on Dr. Seuss's birthday. Ceasing sales of these books is only part of our commitment and our broader plan to ensure Dr. Seuss's Enterprises catalog represents and supports all communities and families. The other books affected are Miguel Gets Pool, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Eggs Super, and The Cat's Quizzer. None of those, uh, and also If I Ran the Zoo, none of those were, were huge Dr. Seuss books. They're, none of them are iconic. If I right. To think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, people know because it was his first one and also the artwork is really stunning. Mm. But None of those have like great plots the way that The Grinch and Horton Hears a Who and uh, The Lorax and all those other books do. But these books contained images of Asian people and people of African descent in really stereotypical and offensive ways. In And to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street, an Asian person is portrayed wearing a conical hat, holding chopsticks and eating from a bowl – if I Ran the Zoo includes a drawing of two barefooted African men wearing what appear to be grass skirts with their hair tied above their heads. Um, what a lot of people don't know about Dr. Seuss is that he worked for years as a cartoonist, um, both in advertising and also political cartoons in newspapers and magazines before he ever became a children's book author. And some of those political cartoons and those ads were deeply offensive. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly during World War II when he had some anti-Japanese cartoons that are just horrifying, particularly when you consider that at the same time he was publishing them, Japanese Americans were being rounded up and put in camps for no other reason except for the fact that they were Japanese, of mm-hmm. Japanese descent. Um, so, it, it, you know, he, his legacy is being reassessed and nobody has suggested – Dr. Seuss children's books be banned. No one has called for it. Right. No one's demanding it. This was a decision that the Dr. Seuss estate itself made. But immediately there was this massive backlash that the left was canceling Dr. Seuss, right. that we were banning the, the Dr. Seuss. The radical the, Democrats. The radical Democrats are taking Dr. Seuss away from your children. And Fox News was playing this story every hour on the hour and the fact is, the irony of all this is that Dr. Seuss's children's books, the vast majority of them have very progressive social messages. Yeah. The Sneetches is about racism and yes. anti-Semitism. 
Yertle the Turtle is the, the biggest Antifa book of all time. It's all about the evils of fascism. The Lorax is about environmentalism. The Butter Battle book is about nuclear proliferation. Uh, you know, on and on and on. They all have very liberal social messages. So the fact that Fox News is now championing, championing right. Dr. Seuss and saying his books must be protected is so ironic. But the other thing that happened at the same time is that the creators of Mr. Potato Head, Hasbro, Hasbro came forward to say, uh, first they announced they were dropping the Mr. from Mr. Potato Head in order to be more inclusive and to make the Potato Head character kind of gender neutral. Um, they later, after a huge uproar, clarified that the characters Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head will still live on and be sold in stores, but the words Mr. and Mrs. will be less prominently displayed on the box and it will be at the bottom of the box instead of the top. And basically the idea is that children can make both potato heads whatever gender they want and they can mix and match and they can, you know, I don't, I don't even remember what makes Mrs. Potato Head look feminine. Maybe she's got a bow, but you know, they can yeah, use it's, it's a bow hat. Like you, it's nothing like I used to play with both of them and they were both females. Like it's the pieces that yeah, make them gendered. So it's not the actual dolls potato. themselves. That's yeah. the whole point. Well, potatoes have no gender. Exactly. So I well, right, but that's the thing. It's like it's like that's the only difference is what what you <laughs> add to the potato like to make it gendered. Like there's a there's a whatever. Well, Glad cheered this uh, this change. Uh, this, you know this this decision to make the potato heads more inclusive. Um, many toy makers have been updating their classic brands in recent years. Uh, Barbie, for example, they've they've you know tried to shed her blonde only image. She now comes in multiple skin tones and body shapes. You know, Barbie was always stick thin with mm -hmm. huge tits mm -hmm. and blonde hair, and that was unrealistic for almost all women and girls. Um, Thomas the Tank Engine added more girl characters. American Girl is now selling a boy doll. Mr. Potato Head first hit the scene in 1952, and it didn't even come with a plastic potato. Kids, <laughs> kids had to supply their own vegetables. Oh my god! It just came with the little yeah appliques. Right. So you would you would like take your own potato, and then you would poke holes to put in the the eyes, the nose, and the mustache. Uh, I had no idea about that. Hasbro also makes Monopoly and My Little Pony, and they uh, eventually bought the brand. So again, there's this massive backlash, and uh, the right wing is accusing the left of you know trying to teach our kids to be trans and encourage people to be trans, and you know they're they're normalizing gender fluidity, and and it it's just the outrage is so. Misplaced? Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, first of all, if people of color or anyone says, hey, you know what? This is not as inclusive as it could be. This is insensitive. You know, we're, this is a progressive world that we're moving towards. It is not the place of like white cis people to be like, no, that's not racist. No, this doesn't need to happen. And also, yeah, if you're more uh, pressed about Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss and not about the fact that people are going into poverty, we're in a pandemic and our government is doing nothing specifically. Terrorists storm the Capitol and try right. to overthrow the government. If that like, doesn't none of these things you, are fine. But but Dr. Seuss and uh and the Potato Head Empire <laughs> offends you. You need to get your priorities. Potato Head Empire this <laughs> season on Fox. Yes. So um, just yeah. to clarify, all these companies just did the – They did it on their own. Now, they were listening to feedback. Yes. And, you know, there's definitely been recommendations from uh, advocacy groups over the years that say, hey, you know, I don't necessarily think this image of a, of a Chinese boy eating rice with chopsticks uh, who's colored bright yellow in – and to think that I saw it on Mulberry Street is a good representation. But no one, no one called for a boycott. Right. No one, no school library banned Dr. Seuss. Correct. This, this was corporate America doing what it's been doing over the past few decades, which is recognizing that it, it actually makes economic sense to be more inclusive. It yes. makes economic sense. Forget, forget about doing the right thing. It's just good business to, to, to make to be on the right all side of, of your history. customers – Black, white, 
you know, cis, trans, gay, straight, to make everyone feel like they can take part in, in, in your, whatever it is you're putting out there. Exactly. Makes good sense. And it's that, it's that right wing reaction that says, if you, if you make something more inclusive, you're taking it away from me. Right. You know, it's like, we own this. We own Dr. Seuss. We own Mr. Pat- no. Well, it's, it's, no one owns this. It all comes back to white supremacy. It's white supremacy. And in the form of a potato. Yeah. Anyway, I love Dr. Seuss, and I also recognize that Dr. Seuss did a lot of racist shit. And like most human beings, he was not all good or all bad. But those books that I mentioned, all of those books with with redeeming social messages are important, I think, for children and teach children really valuable lessons and are also so beautiful and clever. Yeah. I mean, The Grinch so, – so the birthday book was my favorite, but The Grinch was my favorite um, – TV special every mm. year. The, the original cartoon Grinch, yeah. not that piece of shit with Jim Carrey. I mean, that is just so lovely. Everything yeah. about it. And the one that you mentioned, um, Sneetches? Sneetches. Well, that was a sequel, I think. Was that a sequel? The Sneetches was, was part of a, of a collection. There were three stories mm-hmm. that um, it was called The Sneetches and Other Stories. It also included the one with the North Going Zack and the South Going Zack, mm. and they won't move out of each other's way. I don't remember that one. But the Sneetches is about these like bird-like creatures. It came out in 1962 mm-hmm. and half of them have stars on their bellies that yes. they're just born with and the other half don't. The star is an obvious allusion to the yellow star that Jews were forced to wear in the Holocaust. The ones with stars are – they consider themselves superior mm-hmm. and they uh, discriminate against the ones without stars. And the ones without stars are really sad and then this, this evil monkey shows up. In town, and he's like, I have a machine that can put stars on all your bellies. And if you just pay me, you know, 25 cents or whatever, I'll do it for you. So he, they all line up, and he gives them all stars. And the original star bellied Sneetches are freaking out right. because they can no longer distinguish themselves from the, the other Sneetches. So, th- so then this, I think his name is McGillicuddy, he then says, Hey, I have another machine that can take stars off, and it's gonna cost 50 cents. So all the original star-bellied ones line up to get their stars taken off. And then the other Sneetches – and he keeps raising the price. And basically he's profiting off of their racism and stupidity. Yeah. And in the end, they're left a jumble. They're, they can't tell who was – who originally had a star and who didn't. And, they're ba- and they basically realize that they've just wasted all their money on something that is so trivial and meaningless. It's a, it's a really great book. Yeah, I just remember the um, – the, um the television special, watching that as a kid. I don't ever, I never saw the television special. Yeah, there was a, fun, I can't remember, it's been so long since I've watched it, but there was some really great music too. I remember the Lorax one. I am the Lorax, I speak for the trees. <laughs> I always wanted a truffula tree when I was little. Did you have something to say about that, JB? No, not particular. I feel people find the wrong fight, as usual. Uh, good, good job with the companies. But again, I just think if they did for more profit reasons, it's sure, not, like they, it, it could be like it could, they could be like Chick Fil A. Uh, sure, let's let's be nice to the gays, but only because the gays have money. It's kind of like that. Listen, I find myself <laughs> saying this a lot these days. If you're doing something good, I don't care what your motivation is. Yeah, I really don't. Just yeah. do something good. Do good. Help. Just do do something positive that that alleviates suffering in the world. And if you're doing it for selfish reasons. Fine. Fine. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, when when Texans were freezing to death and didn't have food and water and Beto O'Rourke and AOC raised millions of dollars for people in Texas, <clears throat> some conservative woman on Twitter was like, they're only doing this to make Ted Cruz look bad. Right. And I go, good. Yeah. I don't care. Right. I don't care why they're doing it. They're doing good for people. Like, what? what does it matter? Yeah. If you give a billion dollars of your money to charity because you feel guilty and because you want people to think you're a good person, you're still giving a billion dollars to charity. If it happens to make Ted Cruz look bad, good, because he is bad. Thank you. Fucking asshole. Um, Cancun Cruz. Anyway, so these these culture wars are bubbling up and and again, we'll be talking to John in a little bit about them. But uh, I want to tell you about another piece of good news that has come out recently. A new Gallup survey reveals that more Americans are identifying as LGBT. Yes, honey. There are more faggots than ever. Yeah. The poll found that five – this is so 
this seems so puny to me. 5.6% of adults identified themselves as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. But that's up from only 4.5% in 2017, which is the last time Gallup reported an update. The poll also found that more than half of LGBT adults identify as bisexual, Hmm. which is very interesting to me. One in six adults in Generation Z, which are people born between 1997 and 2002. So that's not you guys, right? No. Wait, no. How can Generation Z only be five, only be five years? Yeah. The, okay. So I, I was just confused by that because after millennials, there was a, a generation after, and then there's the, the this generation. What you call it, the? This, I think Z is 1997 to present. Yeah, it has to be. Anyway, one in six of them identifies Why? as LGBT. Um, this growth in Americans who identify as queer is likely to continue to increase. Um, the survey was based on more than 15,000 interviews conducted throughout 2020 with Americans in all 50 states and the District of Columbia who were 18 or older. Um, again, you know, I saw the right-wing assholes on Twitter saying, like, that's because of all the recruitment that's been going on. And, you know, it's just so stupid. You can't make someone gay. Believe me, I've tried. Yes, I, I have spent most of my life trying to make straight men gay. And I know JB has as well. Yes. Um, it can't be done. All that's happened is we're making it more acceptable to be who you are. Uh, can we vote to change our name from LGBTQ to the alphabet, to the alphabet mafia? I've heard that. <laughs> alphabet mafia. Alphabet mafia. I mean, except that mafia has a negative connotation. I'm all for it. We could turn it positive. Alphabet Brigade, Alphabet Nation. Alphabet Nation sounds kind of cool. We are the Alphabet Nation. Hmm. Anyway, leading LGBTQ advocacy groups were encouraged that the Gallup results matched their independent polls. I just can't believe it's only 5.5%. Because, you know, when you live in New York City, it feels like everybody's gay. Everybody's gay, yeah. (laughs) And also, I do think I think the numbers are much bigger. I do think that there's still a lot of people who either don't admit it to themselves or don't want to tell a pollster. By the way, I was having this conversation with my friend Peter last night. Nothing makes me more uncomfortable than when I meet a man who identifies as straight but who I know in my heart is gay. Mm-hmm. I never know how to act around them. Right. You know, like I – I know how to act around straight guys and I, I can totally hang with them and I enjoy them and I love hanging out with gay guys. But someone who's like, yeah, I'm straight. I'm totally straight. I love women. And I just know it's not true. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to you. Yeah. What is that? How do I talk to you? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. Uh, Biden, this is breaking news, but it will be a week old by the time this airs. Biden and Democrats prevail as divided Senate approves $1.9 trillion virus aid bill. Yes, honey. On track for final passage next week. Work. Fuck you, Republicans. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Meanwhile, uh, we've talked about Dan Reynolds a lot on this show. He is the incredibly hot lead singer of Imagine Dragons. Not to be confused with the Catalans Dragons. (laughs) which we talked about last week or two weeks ago. What did you call them? Catching dragons? Catching dragons. Catch a lot of dragons. <laughs> and my dragons are my penis. <laughs> oh, my. Well, Dan Reynolds, in addition to being a hottie, is a huge LGBTQ ally uh, and former Mormon, and he's done so many things for, for queer people, and now he has donated his childhood home to a group called uh, Encircle, which is a group that aids struggling LGBTQ youth and families. He gave them his home. That's amazing. This is part of Encircle's $8 million, eight houses initiative, which has a terrible name. Eight million, maybe it's called eight million, eight houses. Anyway, it's to set up eight new Encircle homes across Nevada, Utah, Idaho, and Arizona. Uh, those first three states are heavily Mormon, by the way. And Circle is about bringing young LGBTQ plus people and their families together by including the community and strengthening the bonds that connect us. Reynolds and his wife, Aja Volkman, said in a statement, I didn't know he was married to Aja. <laughs> Being a part of this organization means so much to both of us, and we know that the house Dan grew up in will be a loving and supportive home 
to every LGBTQ plus person who crosses the threshold. This property is valued at around a million dollars and it will be the first Encircle home in Nevada. Reynolds, uh, as we've said in the past, was raised Mormon. And as teen suicide rates in Utah have soared, he's actively fought for greater acceptance within the church to let queer Mormons know they are seen and heard. And heard. In 2017, he teamed up with former Mormon rocker Tyler Glenn to stage Love Loud, the first of what has become an annual music festival in Salt Lake City. Um, the Encircle Homes will provide mental health services, support groups, and safe spaces to these youths and their families. So God bless Dan Reynolds. This is allyship. That's allyship. Honey. And I, I have said this before, Dan Reynolds, whenever you want one, I will give you the best blowjob you ever had in your life. I think all three of us had agreed to that statement. We're going to we line up. Yeah. And to service you, sir. You are the greatest ally next to Tank. The Adam Sank Show officially uh, will be offering uh, oral services to Dan Reynolds at any time. Um, heard it here first. And it's not because he's hot. It's because he's an ally. Yeah. Um, the hotness certainly helps. Meanwhile, on the other end of the human scale, Azalea Banks is in hot water again. Oh, dear. This is someone who is frequently in the news, and I literally don't know who she is. I can't name a song by her. She had such a great song, like, back in 2012. 20, it was called 2 and 2, and it was such a bop. And ever since then, she has just... Imploded. Imploded. And it's so sad, but... Well, the saga began on February 22nd when Banks posted a picture of her new engagement ring on an Instagram post. She wrote, I said yes. I just got engaged, cunts. She spelled that K asterisk NTS. I'm crying. I'm Jewish now. Mazel tov, bitches. We in here. Yeah. (laughs) It's we in here. (laughs) Yeah. She posted this because she's uh, marrying a Jewish man. But commenters on the post pointed out that marrying a Jewish man does not make one Jewish. Rather, Azalea Banks would have to go through a full conversion ceremony to be considered Jewish herself. Uh, Someone tweeted, getting engaged with a menorah menorah ring doesn't make you Jewish. Judaism is is an ethnic religion. You can convert, but it takes a lot of effort. By the way, I don't give a shit about that. As a Jew, I'm fine. You want to call yourself Jewish, call yourself Jewish. Yeah, okay. So here's here's my confliction about it. Because I know it's a religion, but isn't it also a... It's an, ethnic, it's yeah, an ethnicity. Yeah, an ethnicity. So you, you can be Jewish without practicing religion. So I, I understand what people are saying, but I'm also very confused because, again, it is <laughs> – it, it is – what's the word again? Ethnicity. An ethnicity. Ethnicity. Well, I, again, I had no problem with that. Um, however, when people started posting these responses, this is what she wrote in defense – Quote, I try to tell the trans girls that getting castrated doesn't automatically make them a female. But if society can do the mental gymnastics to lie and tell them an eggless person who still produces semen is a woman and let them rock, you are all going to bend the rules to accept this newly black Jewish coochie. I'm Jewish now. You can't stop me. Why can't why can you chop your cock and say you are a girl, but I can't catch the Jewish nut? And say, I'm Jewish. Stop trying to exclude black people from everything. I live for the trans girls, but the trans shit is a non-issue. Just gay boys on hormones using male aggression to force their way into women's spaces. Yikes. Okay. Now I have a problem with this statement. You see? Yeah, okay. I, I have a problem with the first one. The first one was yeah. fine. The first yeah. one was yeah. Then, yeah. Then, then she responded, and she responded with ignorance. <laughs> she has a real problem with trans people. And I was just going to say, like, this isn't the first time she's said transphobic, that she's made transphobic comments. So it's almost as if, like, this whole thing was so that she could, like, she, I don't know. It just feels like she needed a, a platform to kind of, like, spew more. Like, she want, it was almost like she needed an excuse. Just to be, to be like, hateful to, to be toward trans people. I will say catching the Jewish nut is my new favorite See, that's the expression. Thing. That's the thing with her. And I've always felt this. There's this part of me that like some of the things that she says, I mean, a lot of what she says is extremely problematic, but I cannot help but like giggle a little bit. Like sometimes it's like, it's a little funny, but it's, it's extremely problematic. Well, um, and the whole comparison is so idiotic. 
Yeah. Converting to Judaism, if that's something she wants to do, is not like being trans. People are born trans. You don't convert to another gender. You simply confirm another gender that you already identify with from birth. Right. So it's just, she's just so ignorant. Yeah, and, it's and ignorance. Anyway, she's now facing all kinds of condemnation, including from the National Black Justice Coalition. Um, they're calling on Instagram to basically deplatform her. Like, she, she always had a problem with trans and the fat people. As a fat bitch myself, it's like, damn, girl. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you can't. You got to pick, pick a struggle. <laughs> Twitter banned her in October 2020 after she issued a bizarre rant blaming trans people for the lack of help to the Latino community during the COVID-19 pandemic. She herself has identified as bi, but she's attracted criticism for perceived homophobic rants against Prep, RuPaul, and Kanye West. But speaking of fat shaming, JB, a yeah. gay news anchor in Washington, D.C. has been suspended after tweeting that obese people shouldn't be able to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why? Like, where did that come from? I'm so big. His name, is, his name is Blake McCoy, which is the most basic name ever. And he co-anchors the 4 p.m., 6.30, 8 p.m., and 9 p.m. broadcasts for WTTG, which is the Fox affiliate in D.C. He tweeted, I'm annoyed Obese people of all ages get priority vaccine access before all essential workers. When most stayed home, we went into work every day last March, April, May, and everything since putting ourselves and loved ones at risk. Vaccinate all essential workers, then obese. His tweet sparked a backlash by users who accused him of fat shaming. Others mocked him for, for implying that a TV anchor was somehow an essential worker. He later deleted the offending tweet but responded to uh, one of his critics by saying, you're right. I deleted because, frankly, who has the time to argue with strangers on the Internet? But you started the fight. Thank like, you. Don't, don't start the fight. You're not going to finish it. Also, That's... can I tell you, if you're lucky enough to land a news anchor job in a major market, yeah. keep your goddamn opinions to yourself. Yeah. That is the cushiest job in the world. Just do your damn job. Being a, being a local TV reporter is hard work. Mm -hmm. You're on the street pounding the beat all day, rushing, trying to make deadline. News anchors sit at a desk and read a teleprompter. Yes. That's all they have to do and make That's happy funny. talk during weather. Happy talking. Though. So shut your fucking mouth. I looked for an update to see if he had been fired, but so far it's only saying that he was suspended. Um, some Twitter users have called for his resignation or termination. Um, others, <laughs> others called him hypocritical for complaining about the vaccine schedule when his own social media shows him traveling throughout the country on recreational vacations throughout 2020. He traveled to Hawaii over New Year's Eve and posted uh, vacation and gay club pictures to his Instagram from Chicago and other destinations. Uh, he just, sounds like trash. Just absolute filth. Uh, I'm going to see if JB... I need that soundbite of shut up, cunt. Uh, uh, shut yeah. up, cunt. Shut up, cunt. Oh, it is? Let me know when you get him. We're gonna, I still want to do this David Boreana story. Okay. So I'll start with the David Boreanaz story. So David Boreanaz, uh, star of uh, Bones, I believe, is the show he's on now, formerly Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Angel. And Angel. He was Angel. Mm. He had a video leak this week. And when I say leak, That's the only thing that I mean that literally. Yes. It was a jerking, him jerking off. Wow. And coming. And right. it was released without that much fanfare. Um, I saw almost no articles about it except for Cocktails and Cock Talk, which had – it was password protected. You had to buy a subscription to Cocktails and Cock Talk to view it, and I'm not paying for that. But I found it on Twitter. It's like three minutes long. He's in a bed. Uh, you can see his cock. It's mm. nice. Not huge, but very nice. He has a lovely helmet. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I – I feel very guilty for watching this, these kinds of videos when, when male nudes and male sex videos are leaked because people say, and rightly so, that, that this is a violation. Mm -hmm. You know, he didn't want this out there. This is a private video that he made that someone else leaked. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's 
exploitative and intrusive and it's it's it violates them and when it happens to women i say a hundred percent like it's so wrong right. <laughs> for some reason well, <laughs> maybe because i'm a pig dirty pig it just doesn't bother me that much when yeah. it happens to guys i get that it's wrong but you're gonna watch but i'm still gonna watch um anyway Pig. The thing that really struck me about the video, though, because I watched it like the Zapruder film. I, I really studied it. You know what I mean when I make that mm, reference? Mm. The Zapruder film is the film of John F. Kennedy being shot. Mm. That was taken by Abraham Zapruder, who was just like a, oh. a guy on the street with a camera. Yeah. And it's like the most valuable piece of footage in American history because it like shows the murder of yeah. a president. And it's been studied and analyzed, you know. Million times. Millions of times. Um, anyway. In the video, he seems to be talking with someone online who sounds to me like another man. Listen to this. Can't hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. I want you to come. Now, the first voice, I believe is the voice of the person he's speaking to. The yes? The, no, the can, can you, you hear, hear me? me? Can you hear me? No, that's him. I, I watched the video, that's him asking. His lips aren't moving oh my God. during oh. that part. Oh I'm telling God. you, JB, I oh studied this shit. Oh His God. lips move when he says, yes, I want you to come for me. Anyway, <laughs> there's been speculation in the past wow. that maybe David Boreanaz is gay or swings both ways. I am here to say I hope that that's true. Um, and I'm not encouraging people to watch the video because, again, it is a huge violation. However, if you happen to stumble, if you upon, happen to stumble <laughs> upon David Boreanaz jerking off, which is available on Twitter, or at least it was when I sent JB the audio. Um, it's still available on Twitter. I think you'll find it interesting. Um, okay, it is time now for our guest segment. And our guest today is a returning champion to the ass. He is a comedian, a TV host, a radio host, and a host of many fabulous parties. You can hear him every weeknight on the SiriusXM Progress channel where he hosts Tell Me Everything with John Fugelsang. But first, here's a taste of the comedy stylings of John Fugelsang. I mean no disrespect to the faithful, okay? I come from a very Catholic family, an extremely Catholic family. We used to have open casket reunions. My mother was a nun for 16 years. My mom grew up in the South and joined the convent. They sent her off to Africa to work with lepers in Malawi. My father was a Franciscan brother. He taught history to Catholic boys in Brooklyn. He wore the brown robes and the rope belt and walked amongst the people like the lost Jedi of Flatbush. <laughs> my father, the brother, met my mother, the sister. fell madly in love, carried the torch for 10 years, finally got her to leave, married her, settled on Long Island, and tried to raise their kids to be free-thinking Catholics, which is why I do stand-up comedy, as I can never afford the therapy I actually need. <laughs> so I, I gotta say, I grew up admiring Jesus the way any guy admires mom's first husband, but I... I and joining us all the way from across town, please give a warm-ass welcome to the brilliant, the iconic, the spectacularly well-hung, John Fugelsang. John, how are you, sir? Hello, Adam. How are you? Good. Lovely to, uh, to hear your voice on, on, on our studio line. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Well, you've classed up the joint of my show very often, so uh, so so yeah, I'm really happy to come back here and uh, have a reach around, as we say in the straight community. Mm, I love a reach around. You've been doing your show from home for like a year now, right? Yeah, it's been pretty surreal. Every uh, every night I go up into my what used to be our TV room and I broadcast on Sirius XM. It's nice when we're in a period where you don't hear ambulances nonstop outside. Um, but uh, it's been very, very surreal. I've talked to everybody from uh, RCA in Wu-Tang Clan to Julie Andrews from my TV room during this pandemic. But that's, Are they you know, doing a duet together soon? Yes, they are, actually. <laughs> I, I, yes. It's weird because we've been back in our studio since uh, July. We actually have a you know, much smaller studio than SiriusXM. But what are you guys hearing? Are they going to let you back in at some point, or is this just it? You're going to be broadcasting from home forever. 
Oh, no, no. They'll, it'll be happening soon. Um, I'm not sure about the West Coast, but uh, right now they're saying summer. But, you know, they're going to play it safe. I, I have a, an eight-year-old in public school, and I think that the way this is going to go is we'll go, you know, three steps forward and two steps back for the next year. So I can see them letting us come a couple days a week and no one gets sick. They, they move it up. Um, it's going to be back to life very slowly, I think. It's hard, though, right, doing, doing your show with all the interviews being on the phone. It, it, it's just not the same as being in a studio with someone and being able to have, to have that in-person contact. Well, I agree. I much, well, I don't know. I mean, how's your experience been? Because while I really miss having the face-to-face conversations, like we've had to stop having comedian panels and there's lots of celebrities they've offered me that I've said no to because I don't want to talk to Meryl Streep on the phone. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't want, I don't want to interview Meryl Streep on the phone. So I never thought I'd pass on Meryl Streep, but I just thought, no, that's wrong. Uh, but Zoom has been a real uh, a real game changer in this. And, you know, I've had so many interviews with academics and authors and professors and celebrities and, you know, movie stars and rappers. And, uh, you know, just as Zoom comedy is kind of becoming its own genre of performance, Zoom interviews are really becoming a thing that's very different from, like, you know, on-person interviews on cable. Um but I, I feel like I've done so many TV appearances like that anyway, from like an insert stage, that doing it from home is just kind of natural. Right. John, I want to talk to you about the culture wars because it seems like the oh, past please. couple Thank weeks, you. everything has reached a fever pitch. We were talking earlier this hour about the, the outrage over Dr. Seuss and Mr. The, the, the potato formerly known as Mr. Uh, what do you make of all of this? Why do you think we're seeing this now at this moment? Well, I mean, there's not a lot of mystery about it, is there? You know, um, let's look at the at the Republican Party, at what used to be the Republican Party. Um, right now, when we think about the Republicans, we think about a party that has absolutely nothing to offer non-millionaires. They got nothing, right? right. I mean, they can't win in dem- health care, education, making it easier for the middle class. They don't really care about the middle class. Working class is now only half white. They don't care about those folks anymore. The Republican Party has to do two things. They have to satisfy their donors and then get white people angry enough to vote for them because they have nothing to offer white people. You know, that's that's the thing. I mean, this Republican Party won't even debate the most popular bill to go before the Senate in 20 years. Like like 60 percent of Republicans support Joe Biden's COVID bill. Right. But. So you think it might make sense, hey, why don't I work with the Democrats and I can tell the folks back home we did this that was bipartisan and enjoy, you know, not eating your pets this winter. <laughs> but they can't do that. They can't do that. So what they got to do is they got to oppose it because if Joe, because they have so little to offer that if Joe Biden gets a win on this, it hurts them. Right. So they'd rather people at home suffer than lose. And so it's all related to this, like. You know, Dr. Seuss, right? The lies about Dr. Seuss. Every one of these soulless, godless, right-wing hacks should be forced to explain, you know, like show on TV. The part, Like, you ever notice on Fox News, they're not showing the pictures of the Asian people and the slant-eyed text right. in If I Ran the Z- You know, they're not showing any of that. Uh, they're talking Mr. Potato Head, right? Um, the Muppets, which the Muppets censored no Oh, I, for, I, for, I forgot Muppets about the Muppets. Explain yeah, to our listeners what that was about. Well, because the Muppets are, uh, you know, Jim Henson, not a monster. Um, also, Dr. Seuss, not a monster. Very, very anti-racist in many ways. Right. But like all of us, he had a ways to go. There was stuff of his day that he didn't realize was messed up. And so we can be mad about that if we want. But, you know, our grandkids are going to be appalled at what cavemen we are about prejudices we don't even know we have yet. Right. So that's just evolution. It means you either want to get better or you don't. So, you know, you have, like, like... <laughs> The Muppets are now on Disney Plus, and it's great. And they have a couple of little advisories before some of them saying, hey, some of this is messed up. Because that's the very least you can do, right? The least you can do is put a thing before Gone with the Wind saying, hey, this movie really doesn't have a problem with slavery and really feels bad for the white people who owned other people and declared war in America because they liked owning people so much. Right. A disclaimer is the least you can do. There's one shot where Johnny Cash is singing in front of a Confederate flag. Now, you know, that's our swastika. More human beings died under that than died in the Holocaust. Right. Okay, for 
hundreds of years. Like that's our that's our swastika, slavery in America. That's the symbol of it. That's what Donald Trump was defending in Charlottesville. That's what they were marching in Charlottesville to defend the Confederate flag. But we're not going to censor it, right? I don't believe in these liberals who had the N word taken out of Huckleberry Finn. They had it replaced with slave, slave Jim. You know, so now he's beaten and shackled, but no one calls him a bad word. No, right. you know, slave what? Slave, please. So um, <laughs> the, the Muppets weren't censored. It's a little advisory saying, hey, there's racially insensitive imagery here. Dr. Seuss wasn't canceled. Dr. Seuss's own estate said, hey, these six books are not cool, and we're going to be like our, 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 like Dr. Seuss himself and try to be better. So they're, so the Muppets is all smoke, right? And doc, Dr. Seuss is all smoke. All, Mr. Potato Head, a guy who stores his facial features in his ass, like that's what they're upset about? <laughs> I, I mean, if you're so, if you are so convinced that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head need to be male and female, then you should demand that Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head come with a penis and vagina. I mean, it's the only bit they're missing. I mean, in I the think they should. In the midst of all this, Adam, you got Ron Johnson demanding the whole bill be read aloud for 10 hours. Yes. You got, they're blocking Merrick Garland being in the attorney general uh, just because they feel like it. Um, and yet you got these Democrats like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema that think, oh, one day these Republicans might be able to come to the table and negotiate. They can't. This is the problem with the Republican Party. If they do their job, they lose their job. If they work with Democrats, there's someone more batshit racist than them back home who will challenge them and primary them and say, can you believe they work with the Democrats to make right. your life better? I will never work with Democrats. But let me, and that's why they are hostages to their own crackpot. But let me ask you this. This is my biggest concern right now in terms of our country and where we go from here. How do we resolve anything in a universe where facts no longer matter, right? Where the, where the director of the FBI can clearly and unambiguously state that Antifa had nothing to do with the terrorist attacks on the Capitol and half of the country doesn't believe him. How do, how do we move well, forward? How do we, get, how do we come facts? to any Let's understanding? Talk Let's talk facts. The fact is your real biggest concern for this nation is the David Boreanaz tape being taken off of social media. Truth. That's your real biggest concern. Truth. Let's be honest. Because I okay, need to see his facts. dick. No, you don't. You don't. Um, you really don't. I need to do more so, than uh, just see it. No, you really don't, though. Um, <laughs> you really, you really don't. Uh, aim higher. Is all I'm saying. Um, you should be lascivious. You should be like saying inappropriate things to Daniel Day Lewis, Adam. You know what I'm saying? You should I know. Be debasing yourself for a much higher caliber of actor. I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, the 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 mouth wants what it wants, Not- John. Yeah, I understand that, but seriously, I mean, good God, Gene Hackman's still alive. You should be offering to blow him. I mean, don't, go for a great actor. Not even, not even in his younger days. Okay, fine. Talent doesn't matter much to you, I guess. Uh, so here's the deal: we need a cabinet level position of, uh, you know, like the Secretary of Disinformation. Like we need to, as a culture, get serious about what are we going to do about lies now? Because you, uh, Facebook has realized clamping down on lies hurts profits. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg had to buy, uh, you know, uh, one fewer yacht because he had to crack down a little bit on lies he was taking money to promote. Now, we have to have a nonpartisan government office or a nonpartisan agency put up by Republican and Democrats alike that will be a- an official fact checker. The, de- the Department of Truth. Add- well, and I also think, and, and it's creepy, I think Ministry of Truth, whatever, but at this point, not doing anything because we don't want to seem authoritarian is letting authoritarians really hurt a lot of people. Yes. And I do support a green check mark for verified news sources. Yes. You know, like you have the blue check mark. I support a green check mark that means verified news. Because, That's so uh, I mean, smart. There, it, but, but the question is what? But the way we have, the way we have is the judicial branch. There's going to have to be a lot of lawsuits. But John, we, don't you think then that the, that MAGA nation will wear the, the non check mark as a badge of honor, just like the, the star bellied sneeches? You know, they'll, they'll be like, oh, that's got a green yeah. check mark. That means it's fake news. Yeah, but every every generation of humanity has these know nothings, right? Every culture has these know nothings who celebrate ignorance. You know, I say we have to. They're always going to exist, but and now they're organized in a way they never have before, and we've seen how murderously destructive they can be. So, what are we going to do as a society to, if not stop them, to have an official way of calling bullshit on them? Because we can't reach these people, but we can reach their kids, and we can reach the bystanders, discrediting 
these people discrediting Donald Trump and his minions for their lies and for their hypocrisy is so important. And right now, ridicule is all we've got. Ridicule and democracy is all we've got. So we have to have some kind of way, and no reform ever comes from politicians. It's going to come from real people filing lawsuits and using their judicial brands for redress of grievances. I love that the NAACP is suing Trump and Giuliani over the riots because it violates the Ku Klux Klan Act. It, the Ku Klux Klan Act was created to stop people from violently interrupting the democratic process. So, I mean, it's going to take regular people filing lawsuits about this because no reform ever comes from the top. We, the people, have to rise up against this information. And if we keep waiting for Mark Zuckerberg or Congress to do it, it's not going to happen. And calling bullshit is great, but it's got to go farther. Our audience agrees with you. Uh, John, Thank you, audience. John, I want to play. You. I want to play. Make a line on the left. Make a line. Oh, David Boreanaz, you're in my line. Wow. Great. <laughs> I want to play. Ask me no questions with you, but I have uh, one more serious question for you, which is, what do we do with Andrew Cuomo? Uh, because for most of the pandemic, I was a proud Cuomo sexual, and now I'm in the camp that he needs to resign, and not just because of his sexual harassment, although I do enjoy that. It, it's this unnecessary cover up that he and his office seem to have perpetrated with regard to nursing home deaths from COVID. Does Andrew Cuomo have to resign? Can he still be effective? Can we as Democrats, and and I I know you don't identify as one, but I do, uh, can we keep people like him in our party? Well, uh, a lot to unpack here, and I'm happy to do it. First off, I support what Al Franken didn't get, which is a full investigation of everything, right? Mm Mm-hmm. A full investigation of all of these accusations. And Letitia James is investigating both Donald Trump and Andrew Cuomo. Uh, look, we'll allow, okay, we'll break it down piece by piece. I'm with you. Back during the beginning days of lockdown when America needed a leader and had an occupant in the White House, not a president, it was the governors who actually stood up and did leadership. And the big ones really were uh, Andrew Cuomo. And uh, he'd show up and I'd be like, oh, daddy's here. And Gavin Newsom would show up, and I'd be like, oh, mom's cool, you know, second husband, stepdad is here. <laughs> Mike DeWine, I'd be like, oh, that weird old white Republican dude your aunt married is here, but he's okay. Right. Gretchen Whitmer, oh, Sp- Spider-Man's hot, brilliant aunt is here, okay. Uh, but, like, you know, Trump shows up, and it's like, oh, Grandpa just took out his dick at the bus stop again. So we <laughs> valued them, and Andrew Cuomo filled the leadership void, and his sins and mistakes... Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, possible cover-ups of them do not, to me, diminish what he did for people back then. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, I can but what do we do that, now that we know what we know? Okay, but I'm just going back. about. I validate your love of Cuomo, because a lot of people feel really stupid for loving this guy, and it's like, come on, I don't feel stupid. Bill Cosby's the best stand-up I ever saw in my life. I saw him twice. And I would never see him again, but it doesn't change the fact that he was great. I just learned more facts, and it's like, okay, I put it in context. Now there has to be an investigation. Here's my question about, like, uh, his treatment of women. Um, Ralph Northam, the governor of Virginia, was found to be have done photos in blackface. Yes. Now, should the voters of Virginia get to decide his fate, or should he have been driven from office? Well, he hung in there, and the voters of Virginia the African-American voters who put him in office, they will decide his fate. Yes. Should the voters of New York have the power to decide Cuomo's fate? If something criminal is is seen, then then yes, he's got to go. Look, with Spitzer, he hung in there. When they found out he had you know, transported an escort across state lines, he had to go. He'd broken the law, black and white. In the case of Marjorie Taylor Greene, I don't support throwing her out of the Congress. Uh, I think that she does a lot more good for us in Congress than on Fox News. Marjorie Taylor Greene... Uh, being a horrible person, that's why they sent her there. And Marjorie Taylor Greene hurts Kevin McCarthy in fundraising. She does great fundraising for Democrats. She is the ignorant, racist face of this awful party. And I'd rather have Marjorie Taylor Greene there, you know, being a financial drain, than having her replaced by another person from her district who votes the exact same way but helps with fundraising. We're gonna. I think we have to use these things to our advantage. We're going to have to leave it there, and it's time now to All play right. everyone's favorite at-home quiz show, Ask Me No Questions. Hey. John Fugel saying, how old were you the first time you got your knob polished? just want to say that Andrew Cuomo is being taken down by Democrats. That's my <laughs> final point. He's being taken down by Democrats. So Republicans can sit this one out. Democrats eject them. Repubs reelect them. That's and speaking my of point. going down. How- uh, 15. 
And what was the guy's name? <laughs> uh, Father something. <laughs> Have you ever attended a naked event? Uh, a naked event, yes. Uh, did you perform at a naked event, and did you perform naked? I have never performed naked. I'm kind of surprised by this. You know, I've I done. I mean, I perform uh, when I'm naked. I perform exquisitely, but yes, I've never charged. I've heard that. I've never charged. I've never charged admission. I can't believe in all your years of doing stand-up, you, I, you know how many naked comedy shows I've done. It's kind of my thing. Yes, I do. I know. I'm. I'm very glad about that. So, what was the and naked the event? Glad you do them. <laughs> what was the naked event you attended? I, I mean, I've seen all kinds of performance art stuff in my life. You know that that involves nudity. I've seen, you know, I saw I saw puppetry of the penis when that was off Broadway. But you didn't perform in it. I'm saying like a, an event no. where you had to be naked, like a nude beach. Type yeah, of no, situation. I've never, I have been. I have been at events. I have never performed naked. No. If all, I would not do that. If all drugs were legal and had no ill health effects, which one would you do? Oh my! Wow. <laughs> uh, does love count? <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Uh, what would I if I if all drugs were legal? What would I do? And had no ill health uh, effects. I, I, I would, I would freebase. Uh, I would freebase caffeine. Really? And Novocaine together. It's so boring. I don't know. I've never thought about it. I mean, uh, you know, I I I I guess I would want to say hallucinogens, but this last year has sort of been a hallucinogen. Yeah, I would take ecstasy every day. If it had no so ill effects, I mean, every single day. If you want to know, MDMA every day, and I would make it mandatory for Congress. Absolutely. Uh, okay, yeah. we're going to play In F- fact, can I, can I change it? I'll make, I want to impose MDMA on people. That's what I want. <laughs> the MDMA mandate. Um, okay, th- we're going to play F. Mary Kill. And okay. this is a Trump Trollop edition. Your, oh cho- your choices are Kimberly Guilfoyle, Kaylee McEnany, and Melania Trump herself. Which one do you fuck? Which one do you marry? Which one do you kill? Hmm, man. Well, I guess uh, I guess uh, I would consummate it with Melania for many, many reasons. Interesting. Uh, well, I mean, doesn't that woman deserve a little pleasure in her life? <laughs> come, on. <laughs> come on. And you could give Wait, it to I her. I don't understand. This is longer than two minutes. Why? You know, come on. I mean, just imagine. Um, <laughs> uh, marry, I guess, would be... Um, would be uh, uh, oh god, you're making this really hard. I guess marrying would be uh, Kaylee McEnany because it would just be really fun to you know correct her on lies constantly. Yeah. Uh, that would keep me young. And um, I wouldn't kill Kimberly Guilfoyle. I would sentence her to live with Kimberly Guilfoyle. <laughs> That's what I would do. I would, I would, I would, I would beat Kimberly Guilfoyle with Kaylee McEnany. No, I wouldn't do that. I would, yes, I would, I would force Kaylee. I would force Kimberly Guilfoyle to be Kimberly Guilfoyle's assistant until she committed <laughs> Harry Carey. That's what I would do. Okay. Uh, on a regular basis, John, do you wear boxers, briefs, or tidy whiteies? Um, I wear uh, boxer briefs. Oh, like a gay man. Yeah. How very metrosexual of you. What brand of boxer Why, briefs? Thank you. I have several brands. You know, JCPenney, Big and Tall Men's Shop, pretty much. <laughs> have you ever accidentally tripped over your own penis? Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so convinced that you're well hung. It's not like I've ever seen it. I'm just, <laughs> I think it's your name. Fugel Sang sounds like the name of a guy with a big dick. Nathan Lane once said my name was uh, German for large apparatus. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, and I begged his publicist to let me use that quote, and she wouldn't bitch <laughs> and finally john if you and i were stranded forever on a desert island would you make sweet love to me oh wow um of course i would adam of course oh, i would thank you, you deserve s- a, you deserve a real man thank you so much and god knows i need one john how can people uh, hear you and follow you on uh in the, in the internet universe you know what they can just uh, donate to my gofundme for my legal crusade against adam sang for sexually harassing me on the radio just now <laughs> uh just imagine a Imagine a straight man saying to a woman on the radio what Adam just said to me, and you'll understand. Me, me, me too, me too, right now, so please donate to my hashtag, me too, who me, and uh, <laughs> I will, uh, I'm on Sirius XM every night, and uh, you know, I, I do things, I'm around. You can find him, he's got a million, I, million Twitter followers, John Fugel saying F-U-G-E-L-S-A-N-G. Love you. Adam, I would, re- I would rather be on your show than the best show on all social media, and I mean that. I really do. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much. I love you. Bye, John. It's a pleasure. Ryan and JB, quick plugs for yourselves. 
on Instagram. Oh, you just were your mic was off. That's okay. JB at Stocking Anarchy Twelve. Thank on Instagram. you. Thank you so much. Tune in next week to hear a brand new episode. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Don't forget to order your ass merch at adamsank.com. Follow me, me on Twitter and Instagram at adamsank. Email me dick pics at adam at adamsank.com. David Boreanis, call me. Have a great week, bitches. Bye.